Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. Welcome, welcome, my dog pack, my Browns backers worldwide, and Cleveland Browns fans. It is time to kick back and relax with another Throwback Thursday on the Dogs Podcast. How the heck are you guys doing? How's your summer going? We just wrapped up a big music fest here called Blues Fest. It's tons of fun, tons of great bands. Saw Billy Talent, Weezer, Foo Fighters, Lumpert Sons, Pitbull, Ludacris, so much more. And then for you Ohio viewers here in Ottawa, we have a CFL team called the Red Blacks. I'm going to rewind to 2019. Me and my buddies, Matt and Bob, attended the Wagon Wheel game in Akron. You guys all know what that is. Akron versus Kent State, 15-mile rivalry. And little did we know at the time, the Kent State Golden Flash QB would be a red black. That's right. Dustin Crum would be getting his first start last week on the 15th. And he upset the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So Crum from Grafton, Ohio, was 26 of 42 for 261 yards. And he rushed eight times for 74 yards. He had two touchdowns, and the last one was the game winner. And it was a come-from-way-behind victory. It was awesome. But moving on, I'm pumped to bring you the diehard dogs, another Browns legend from the past. So before we get started, let's check out the Dogs Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So all the socials. Be sure to like the video here on YouTube. Drop a comment. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you think. You know how I got started leaving voicemails. It's at the dog's website, www.thedogs.com. And you know how to spell dogs. You're all Browns fans. And you remember how to leave a voicemail. Hit the send button on the voicemail icon in the top. Then hit the start record button. And you're off to the races. And if you don't like the take, reset it. And here's the deal. So at Sassy Bernard 6947, you wanted Clay Matthews, you got it. So I want you to do one thing for me. You got to leave a show intro. You don't know, find out how to find and get a hold of me and I'll tell you how to do it. But let's see some comments from last week. So first of all, from Facebook, we got David Bedford. He was on my, he's on my personal social. We, after being Browns fans, connected and we're basically from the same area, but this is what he had to say. Ugh, Northcutt cost us a playoff win in Pittsburgh with that drop. If he catches that ball, the Browns run out the clock. Bad, bad memories other than Kelly Holcomb because he had like 427 yards. He had a hell of a game. Man, I'm with you, dude. It took me like six years to get over it, but he owned up to it, so I guess I'm okay with it. Then on YouTube, at DocMain3, Northcutt was around when I started watching football. One of my favorite brownies. Man, I love the guy. And the one thing I wish for him is he could at least get half of those punt returns that were called back for touchdowns, if not all of them. That would have been awesome. And then also, we got Sergeant Jackie Boy. Thanks for another comment. 2150. I love Dennis Northcutt. He was a cheat code in Madden. Yeah, he was super fast and he could get after it. I felt like he fumbled a little bit too much when I was still playing. Then last but not least on YouTube, ask the right questions, 3599. Talk about throwback to the OG GOAT receiver. He was Mr. Reliable. And unfortunately, man, 
This one time he wasn't. But anyways, let's not get into that. Twitter had one as well, Das Slappy. For all he did, I'll remember that drop. Yeah, listen, guys, he had that drop, but he owns it like a man. Watch him on uh, Club 46. He was straight up about it, man. He doesn't lose sleep over it. He knows he should have done it, but he's moved on. And I guess we are moved on now. So let's move on to who we want to do. So news this week. I guess you guys heard the Browns of four alumni that qualify for the Senior Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's good. It's Carl Banks. He was a Belichick disciple two, three years with the Browns just before the pause. The old ball coach, Marty, Marty, Marty Schottenheimer and Clay Matthews, and those two are intertwined because they play with each other. He was originally Clay's defensive coordinator. But let's be real about the fourth. Our model is not a Browns anything. He was a bad businessman who ran the Browns into the ground and his business. He fired both Paul Brown and Bill Belichick two of the best coaches that there ever was and they're both in the hall of fame he provoked another hall of famer jim brown into early retirement they cut bernie kozar one of our best players ever most beloved that's for sure he negotiated bernie if you can believe this into ta- taking a pay cut by telling him he was going to sign a receiver they signed Vinny testaverde we already just went over how that that worked out and for some reason there's always someone who defends the unspeakable, the move, by saying, oh, the city of Cleveland, they didn't pony up and provide a new stadium. Listen, Art was trying to get this city to bail him out of bankruptcy. Baltimore bought it, and they paid it off, but we played hardball, and guess what? We all lost. But here's here's the what you need to know. You suck, Odell. Well, you left the rights to the Browns and the name behind your legacy and connection with Northeast Ohio is dead to us. All of us Browns fans. I don't want to get too fired up because I want to have a good time with this Throwback Thursday episode. So, of those names, though, that was the inspiration for the Throwback Thursday episode that we're doing right now. And it's Mr. Clay freaking Matthews. He's one of 31 finalists for the seniors category. And he's a senior because in the last 20 years, he was a six-time semifinalist and he hasn't made it through yet. Clay played from the Browns from 78 to 93. Number 57 was a fan favorite and endured some incredible playoff wins and some painful losses. So how did it all start? Well, like Eric Metcalf, he was born into it. Clay Matthews Sr. played in the NFL in the 50s. And get this, he was drafted in the 25th round by the Rams, then was trained into the 49ers. In 1950, he played his first season, and then when that was done, there was a Korean War. He enlisted as a paratrooper. Once he was done his service, he played in 53, 54, and 55. So if I connect all the dots, he settled down in Illinois for part of a career venture with his sons Clay and Bruce. When Clay graduated, he graduated from New Tier East High School. It was a Chicago suburb. And he had tons of scholarship offers. But he was born in sunny California. And he relocated to the Windy City, and that was tough. He missed those year-round shorts and those bright days. So when the old ball coach from USC called, and that was Wayne Fonts at the time, this was his pitch, and I think I'm already sold. You come to USC, you win a championship, marry a model, and get into acting. I'm sold, and so is he. So before we move on, 
I do want to talk a little bit about the NFL's royal family, and that would be the Matthews family. The matriarch, as we said, would be Clay Sr. He begat Clay and Bruce. If you don't know much about Bruce, look him up. Played for the Oilers slash Titans. I think he was like a 10-time, 9-time All-Pro. He was an amazing guard. Each son would have two kids go to the league. Clay Jr. would have Clay III and Casey. So they'd play in four of the Packers and the Eagles, respectively. Bruce then would have Kevin, who was a bit of a journeyman, played for three teams. And then Jake was a number six pick overall for the Atlanta Falcons. Bruce also had another son. He played on some off-season rosters. I believe he was on the Browns for a time as well, maybe for a cup of coffee. Clay said in an interview that there were eight and that was seven. So I had to dig a little bit deeper and Bruce's wife's sister, so a nephew, played for the Arizona Cardinals. Troy Niklas, he was a tight end. All right, before we move on, though, real quick, this is for all you Browns fans here in Ohio. I'm excited to share some great news with you. If you have not signed up yet for DraftKings, you can take advantage right now of a limited time promo for new users. All you have to do, deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport, and you will instantly get $150 added to your account and bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, you still get the bonus. All you have to do, use our code THEDOGS at sign up, all one word. And here's the thing. Using our code THEDOGS not only gets you the bonus, but it also supports this podcast. So if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, please do us a favor. Sign up with the code THEDOGS and place that first bet. Deals like this are what keep our podcast going year-round. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 years and older and physically present in Ohio. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. For more details, visit DraftKings.com to take advantage of this incredible opportunity today. So back to college, it was great for Clay. While he was a member of the Trojans, Matthews was named All-American 1977. He was a two-time All-Conference selection, and he won the championship in 1974. With Clay on defense, his brother came up and was on offense they never had a losing season. I think they actually never had a, a losing game together. But after the 77 season, Matthews was ready to tackle the NFL. His college plays and credentials had many teams looking to add him to the roster. And on May 2nd, 1978, the Browns added one of two first round picks to the roster. The Cleveland Browns selected Clay Matthews Jr. with the 12th pick in the draft. And I'm going to give you a little time capsule here. We're going to go back in time. So at that time, the draft was on a Saturday and it kicked off at 8 a.m. And that was Eastern time. So that means he was up at 5 a.m. There was no show. There was no pre-draft. There was no real buildup. No limos or red carpet. It was all just Clay and his girlfriend in this $75 a month apartment. And he got a call from Sam Rigatano saying, hey, you made the team. And with no tweets or Insta, no TikTok dancing, he just got a call from his old man when he was done his job, said, congratulations, way to go getting drafted by the, the Giants. I guess they announced it wrong wherever they were, were listening. And we know that was erroneous with all the great years with the Browns. The Browns also drafted that year, and this is of no, the 23rd pick overall, they had Ozzie Newsome. Now, you're talking about nailing down two first-round picks. You get a first-ballot Hall of Famer in Aussie, and then an almost Hall of Famer, or someone that qualifies at least, for the Hall of Fame 
and Clay Matthews. That draft in itself boasted four Hall of Famers. You had the number one pick, Earl Campbell. You also had James Lofton. Ozzy was the other one, of course. And then there was an undrafted free agent. And Earl Campbell, like I mentioned, was an oiler. And the other oiler was an undrafted one. It was Warren Minnum, who had to go to the CFL to prove himself first. Being on the doorstep of the Hall of Fame, we know that he had a great career and it started with an exciting time in Cleveland Browns history. And that was with the Cardiac Kids. These guys racked up a bunch of tight games, winning more than they lost in epic nail-biting finishes. The Browns would finish 8-8 eight eight in his first in his rookie year. With him working into the lineup and notching 34 tackles with an interception. The next year, the Browns went 9-7 and seven and Clay was becoming more consistent. Notched over 100 tackles and another interception. Year 3, he was in the groove and it was huge. He was 11-5. and five with a trip to the divisional playoffs against the Raiders. And everybody knows this game. Well, the Raiders eventually won the Super Bowl. But they lost it on a last-minute interception by Brian Sype. This is where kind of the mistake on the lake came from. It was also Red Right 88. But with all those close wins and all those close losses, they won more that year than they lost, and they eventually, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. The following year... The magic of the cardiac kids kind of faded away, and we had a five and eleven record. And Clay, w- but Clay was still improving with one hundred twenty-eight tackles and two picks. You might be asking yourself, "Hey, where are the sacks?" Well, it wasn't a thing until nineteen eighty-two, so they don't really count other than tackles for losses in the previous years. On another note, you might want to know this: he was playing with another Hall of Famer on that team. It was a backup linebacker. It was a special teams ace. Mr. William Lard Cower, or Bill Cower, the pain in the ass that we know he was, for us and being Browns fans. The 1983 and 84 seasons saw Matthews still ascend while the Browns toiled. He combined in those two seasons for 214 tackles, and in the 84 season only, he had 12 sacks. He got, That got him a second all-team pro and oddly enough not a pro ball pro ball that's bizarre this episode is sponsored by omaha steaks browns fans summer's in full swing and you know what that means temperatures are hot grills are hot and the deals are even hotter at omaha steaks right now get the hotter than fire package at omahasteaks.com america's original butcher is heating up the summer with blazing hot deals on mouth-watering grilling favorites guaranteed to tantalize your taste buds. Go to omahasteaks.com right now, enter code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, into the search bar, and for a limited time, you can score 32 delicious grilling essentials, including 12 free burgers from Omaha Steaks for just $99.99. You'll get four of their world-famous fork tender filet mignons, four air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, and so much more for 62% off the regular price. The Hotter Than Fire Pack is your chance to score unreal savings on unrivaled quality from America's original butcher. Right now, go to omahasteaks.com, use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, in the search bar to order today. This exclusive offer is only available for a limited time. You're not going to want to miss this. Get your grilling essentials now for the rest of your summer barbecues. Hurry over to omahasteaks.com, code DOGS, in the search bar, Hotter Than Fire Pack. Get all 32 grilling items for just $99.99. 
That includes your 12 free burgers. Remember, omahasteaks.com, code DOGS in the search bar. So during the cardiac kid years, in 1980, there was a coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator that really helped Clay out. His name was Marty Schoenheimer. And he eventually became the interim coach when Sam Riglitano, he got fired. And that was in 1984. So that was, let's say, that's the next, that next phase of Clay's career, the Schottenheimer years. For me, that's when I became a fan. They drafted Murray Kozer in the supplemental draft, which is probably the best supplemental draft pick ever for any team. And they had a cast of great NFL players that we can see a ton of wins from that half of the decade. Falling one game short three times to reach a Super Bowl. And that's how it went. In 1995, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. The Browns finished first place and narrowly lost to the Finns in the, the playoffs in a 24-21 game that saw number 57 finally make it to the Pro Bowl. 96 was a dynamite year for the Browns. 12 and 4 ending in a play ending the playoff drought playoff drought win in a maritime stake on the lake dubbed double overtime banger a 23 to 20 win with a sturdy cast of linebackers clay had 86 tackles and two interceptions but the browns eventually succumbed to the broncos in the infamous browns loss known as the drive the Browns were the surprise team they were in 86, and in 87, still had a great year, finishing 10-5. and five. While Clay was named to his second Pro Bowl, he snagged three interceptions, brought one to the house, in another trip to the playoffs, only to lose a heartbreaker to Elway, called the fumble, and that was a painful one for me. 88 was another Pro Bowl season, a 10 and 6 record, which stumbled in the first round against Warren Moon and the Oilers. 88 was still a Schottenheimer year. I guess I shouldn't say Schottenheimer team. In 88, what happened is that POS, Art Modell, and him didn't see eye to eye. And what, this, what the media said is they mutually parted ways. Schottenheimer, again, is someone that's on the list to be a senior Hall of Famer. And somehow Art Modell pissed him off. And then we didn't have him for a coach anymore. So ring in the cup of coffee season that we had with Bud Carson. He put up another Pro Bowl season on a team that was 9-6-1. and one. He played a hell of a game against the Bills in a wild card win. And I'll get to that a little bit later, but it all ended up in a blowout to the Broncos. After that, Bud Carson had one more year didn't last a whole year, and Ed Schaffner was the interim coach for the rest of the year. The Bills, uh, the Browns finished 3-13, and beating the Broncos that year, which was great, but there's not much to say about that. So outswept most of the team and in-swept the Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator from the Giants, Mr. Bill Belichick. His last years in Cleveland... Clay's last years in Cleveland's were under Bill's influence. And what happened is he turned that pass rush talent up just a little bit. In the three years with the hoodie, he increased his number of sacks from 13.5 to 21. So the previous years was a 13 and a half, 
The next year, he had 21. He recorded eight fumbles and three interceptions as well. Oddly enough, though, there's not really much to say about Belichick. He liked Bill, he liked Play Matthews. They played well, but in 93, he was released. And he ended up playing three more years for the Falcons. I can tell you one of my favorite games was in Bill's rookie year, where we saw where he really could match up players to where they needed to be. He dialed up a great defensive effort. They got six sacks on the hapless Colts. Won 30 to, to nothing with a powerful running game. I think Kevin Mack got two touchdowns. And Clay Matthews wouldn't be denied. He recorded two sacks, one fumble, which was recovered by Anthony Pleasant. One of those sacks was a 27-yard loss. And also it chipped in three tackles on top of that. It's one of my favorite wins ever. The next is my favorite play, and it's your favorite play from Clay Matthews. Everybody remembers it. It's the Bills-Browns playoff game in 89. It, it was on one of my previous episodes I did. Metcalf had a big return. But late in that game, the Bills were driving in what looked to be another drive. This two uh, moment as the Browns defense could not get off the field. As the Bills were looking to drive down the field and get a last minute win, the Bills somehow remembered that they could pass to the running backs, something they hadn't done all season. They had two great ones, especially guys that could catch out of the backfield, Thurman Thomas and Ronnie Hardman. That would be a great idea, right? After a couple of first downs, the Browns decided, you know what? Clay, why don't you come out? We'll put a defensive back on him. Well, the defensive back did worse. So they're like, you're going back in, my man. Clay decides to go back in the game. And what ends up happening is Ronnie Harmon gets a pass wide open in the end zone and he drops it. The reason why I'm putting that out is somebody else did that for the Browns that we profiled last week. And I think the, the Buffalo fans are over it, or maybe not. Who knows? But with that being said, that left nine seconds on the clock. The Bills were down by four, so they're not kicking a field goal. What ends up happening is Jim Kelly lines him up in the run and shoot. Thurman, Thurman Thomas comes out of the backfield, and I think he does a Texas route. So that's a running back that goes uh, out to the flats, cuts back in. Well, he didn't sell it enough to Clay Matthews. Clay decides, oh, I'm just going to bait him a little bit. I'll step back. Then all of a sudden, whammo, he steps right on the goal line, catches the ball, interception, game-sealing interception. The Browns win 34-30, and it was a hell of a game. So for the Browns, the 12th pick overall, he was a fan favorite, and his teammates loved him. And I think he did a lot of stuff that teammates appreciated and he didn't get enough recognition for. But he ended up as a second-team All-Pro in 84. He had four Pro Bowls, and we'll get that into that a little bit more. The NFL forced fumble leader in 83, and he's in the Cleveland Browns ring of honor, and he's a Cleveland Browns legend. If there was one Brown that I had a hard time seeing in another uniform, it was him. 16 years with one team, 19 years in the league. He is the Iron Man of football and should be in the Hall of Fame. He played 273 games and had 14 interceptions, one with a TD, 13 fumble recoveries, and 75 sacks. And who knows if that's, you know, stuff counted from pre-82. 
he had 1430, so 1430 combined tackles, I can say it. So always mentioned he was the bridesmaid, bridesmaid, never the bride. Six years knocking on the door of Canton. 19 years of solid production, and it's impressive. He did what the coaches asked, and in the end, I think the pundits failed them on the subjective nature of picking Pro Bowlers. And he didn't get a lot of credit, which I mentioned earlier. Did the things that made his other teammates good. And if you ask him what his favorite plays were, they're not. He, he loved the locker room and he loved his teammates. So Clay, he he should have his own Hall of Fame. But he dodges the limelight and he knows that those who played with him or against him have have him as a vote. And that's it for the 19-year vet. He was awesome. If you missed it, though, I want to talk a little bit about my dogs, the Dog Podcast. And they interviewed Stump Mitchell. He had some great insight on the Brown situation. Well, I got one goal for myself, uh, and that's to hopefully get Nick through this year without having a fumble. That's been the, that's been the deal uh, and something that, that we've, we're working on all the time. He's only had one fumble uh, a year. But that's something we don't want to have because right. it really cost us uh, last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not many things Nick do wrong. Uh, but unfortunately, in the Miami game, it, it, it cost us. It hurt us. We were about to score in some way or another, either a field goal. We were already in, in position or it, we gained, I think, six or seven yards on the first down. But unfortunately, we put that one on the ground. And uh, so that's the main, the main goal, uh, continue to do our ball security drills. Hopefully it won't happen, but uh, if it does, then we just move on. It's not, it's not a big deal, uh, but it, it's something that that's my goal to try to get through the year, uh, that Super Bowl game, without having a fumble at, at all. He also talked about current depth pieces. Hopefully uh, opportunity, and ho- hopefully opportunity is John Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be able to do that because if he gets an opportunity to play He's a stud. He, he'll, yeah. yeah, he's a stud. He, he's going to yeah. make a name for himself. Yes, sir, yeah. He flashes every time he gets in touch. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, his, his contact balance is just, just unbelievable. Uh, he does a heck of a job on the scout team preparing the defense uh, for whoever we're playing. And uh, he does a great job uh, giving a good look on, on scout team when it comes to uh, any, any, any phase of the special teams. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he will get an opportunity this year. And if he does, it's going to be great for us. What a blessing to have such a just just <laughs> deep depth chart just to just work with. I mean, yeah, no question. Uh, Demetri Felton, you know, we brought in a few years ago uh, at UCLA. He was both. Yeah. He he uh, was a good running back, but he was also a good receiver That's as right. well. So hopefully uh, those guys will get an opportunity. We have all we need. And he also said this is how things were done when Kareem were here. With, with these guys, Nick, he first, second, third down. We we gave Kareem the third down, but Nick could have easily did that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, right now, uh, McCaffrey, he's first, second, third down guy. He can right. do it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if I, I think in our system, Nick's going to be able to do that as well. These guys did a great job, and I couldn't be prouder of them. 
and they couldn't have done it without my Brown's br brothers. The Tuscarawas, I hope I said that right, County Brown's backers, which was established around the same time as my club was, 2018. They have got about 87 registered members, as the club's backed by President Mike Corns. They get their game days in at Shenanigans, which is located at 405 East Ave in Dover, Ohio. And this is all I want you to know. Sign up. Go to BrownsBackersWorldwide.com, become a member, fill in the info and submit it. Once you've done that, or if you already have done that, then become a backer. And all you have to do is press find a chapter, search and type the name, and there, join. It's that easy. There are a couple more things, and obviously like the thanks Stump Mitchell and Echelon Media Sports. But that's it for me. Thanks for taking time with me and my dog, Kate, for another Throwback Thursday. And don't be shy. Leave a comment. Leave a voicemail. And I've already challenged one person on this show, so make sure you do that for me. And hit us up on social with your Throwback 57 jerseys or any jersey, period. So thanks to the Dogs Podcast. See you next Thursday. Go Brownies. Hoop, 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 hoop. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.